Okay, let's get it. It is Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona. Glad you're with us here. Of course, you can catch me every weekday on ESPN Radio in Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, and uh, TV simulcast on Cox Sports Television. And, of course, right here on Locked on LSU. So, uh, one LSU coaching staff domino has fallen. Jerry Sullivan, the passing game coordinator, has announced his retirement. Uh, We'll react to that. And Jerry Sullivan was on off the bench on ESPN Radio in Baton Rouge uh, on Thursday morning. We'll let you hear for, of what uh, some of what Coach Sullivan had to say here in a little bit. LSU baseball preseason number one in another poll. We'll get to your live Q&A as always. So glad that you're here with us on Locked on LSU. Let me begin, though, with my reaction to uh, Jerry Sullivan's retirement news. And a couple of things. Number one, in no way is this surprising. Uh, if you've listened to Locked on LSU or AFR, my radio show, or really any of the media I do, over the last year, I've told you this was a one-year deal, uh, th- that Jerry Sullivan was going to retire after this season. When he was hired last year from his analyst role to a full-time on-field role, he signed a one-year contract, paying $450,000. My feeling at the time was LSU was funding this man's retirement, and ultimately, that's exactly what happened. He did his one season he collected half a million dollars, and now he's going to go put his toes in the sand in Florida. And I know I sound salty about it. It's because I am. And I don't blame Jerry Sullivan. I blame Ed Ogeron. And I think that this was an awful hire, and it's proven to be. And we'll go through some of that. And I, But I want to have a very clear point. I want this to be abundantly clear before we move for, for, forward at all. I want – this is something I've said – from the moment this hire was made, and people know how I feel about it, but it's it gets labeled as I'm making fun of him for being old or whatever the case may be. I have never, ever, 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 ever disputed the fact that Jerry Sullivan is a fantastic football coach. He's 74 years old. He's been coaching for nearly half a century. There are amazing players like Larry Fitzgerald that swear by him. Uh, He was at LSU prior in the 80s, from 84 to 90. Jerry Sullivan is a fantastic tactical coach when it comes to coaching receivers. I'm not disputing that. I want that to be abundantly clear. Here is my problem. Was my problem with the hire a year ago and why it's still my problem with the hire today? When Ed Ogeron ran Matt Canada out of town and they promoted Steve Ensminger and then brought in Jerry Sullivan, What you did was you refused to evolve. You refused to do something with your offense to make it better, modern, current, able to compete with the best teams in college football. That's my problem. You hired a coordinator that hadn't been a coordinator in 20 years. Fine. If that's what you wanted to do for comfort level, okay, but then supplement your staff with someone new and innovative that's going to be around, that's going to recruit. And instead what you did was you hired a 74-year-old man to coach your receivers. You made a lazy hire, someone that didn't want to recruit and was only going to be here for a year. And lo and behold, a year later, you're right back where you are a season ago, and what do you have to show for it? Here's what you have to show for it for paying Jerry Sullivan 450 k for his one year as <clears> – <throat> Passing game coordinator. Passing offense, 63rd. Pass touchdowns, 88th. Sacks allowed, 23rd most in the country. 
quarterback rating, 65th. Completion percentage, 85th. Your passing offense remained for the bulk of the season the joke it's been for the past decade. Jerry Sullivan didn't help that. And you had two five-star wide receivers that came in in this signing class this past year with Terrace Marshall and Jamar Chase, and in large part, they rotted on the bench. And I know what some of you are going to say. Well, Matt, he laid the foundation for the future. Get out of here with that. I watched a five-star like Tyron Johnson come to Baton Rouge, couldn't get on the field, goes to uh, Oklahoma State, and becomes an impact player for them. At some point, it's on you as a coach to get your guys on the field, figure out what they can do, and get them involved. We saw it from Jamar Chase in the bowl game. Finally got on the field. Hell, he made some plays. Lo and behold, my problem then is what it is now is you are you wasted a year. Again, it's not as nothing to do with Jerry Sullivan's ability to, to coach receivers. It has everything to do with the fact that in college football, you have 10 full-time assistant coaches. That's it. And you have to maximize every one of them. They got to coach. They got to be able to recruit. And what you did was you ha- you hired a guy for one year that didn't recruit a lick and that didn't have any interest in recruiting, that wasn't going to be around, that other teams were able to negative recruit because you knew he wasn't going to be around, and the fact that he didn't make you materially better in this one year, didn't bring a new idea, didn't modernize your offense. Did anybody look at this offense this year and go, damn, that's some innovative stuff. Look at what LSU's becoming now. Come on. If you wanted Ensminger, fine, but you needed to supplement with someone with new, fresh ideas. If you wanted Sullivan, fine, but then you needed to go outside and you needed to hire a new, innovative offensive coordinator. You couldn't do those two in tandem. That was my point a year ago, and this is what you got as a result. You got an offense that was shut out by Alabama that didn't throw a single touchdown pass for the entire month of October, and you're going to try to sell me on how this was some great deal to have Jerry Sullivan here to impart his wisdom for a year. You want him for an analyst? Fine. Full-time assistant roles are way too valuable to waste, yes, waste, for a one-year stopgap with something like that that didn't bring you value. I'm hot about it because I'm sick of seeing LSU regress. I'm sick of seeing other teams catch up or surpass what A&M has done bringing in Jimbo Fisher. You mean to tell me you're not worried about what Dan Mullen might do at Florida? Obviously, what Alabama already is. You don't see that gap closing. Meanwhile, you're fooling around with assistants that nobody would hire. That's why I'm salty about this. And that's why Ed Ogeron can't screw up this hire. He's got an open staff spot for an offensive guy, and he's got to knock it out the park. Because if you keep sitting by doing the same nonsense you've been doing for a decade now, even before, and it's isn't just Ed, it's Les as well. Les is ultimately the final nail in his coffin was his inability to adapt, to get rid of Cam Cameron and modernize his offense. That's not even debatable. And it's going to be Ed's downfall if he doesn't get this higher right. It's locked on LSU. We'll knock out a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, Jerry Sullivan was on off the bench with Jordy Collada and T-Bob Baybear this morning. Can't imagine why he wouldn't come on my show. Um, anyway, we'll let you hear some of what uh, Jerry Sullivan had to say, including uh, his thoughts on the offense this year and his future plans in in and around football. Also, good news for the LSU baseball program, and we'll tell you about We'll get to your Q&A. Stick around. Locked on LSU, your team every day. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and 
Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We continue Locked on LSU, your team every day. As I mentioned, Jerry Sullivan was on off the bench with Jordy Collada and T-Bob Hebert. Uh Let's hear some of the excerpts from that here shortly. LSU baseball, number one in another preseason poll. It was announced by a perfect game USA. Tigers preseason number one. So uh, first time LSU's number one since 2009, of course, in the preseason. And uh, that's the, um, the last time that LSU won the national title. And all eight SEC teams ranked LSU 1, Vanderbilt 3, Florida 4, Ole Miss, I mean, sorry, Florida 9, Ole Miss 10. So four of the top 10 from the SEC. You've got Arkansas at 13. They, of course, were the uh, national runner-up a year ago. Auburn at 15. They went down to Gainesville in that super regional uh, and lost to the Gators. Mississippi State is ranked at 17. They were in Omaha a year ago. There's Georgia at 22. They lost their home regional a season ago there in Athens, but uh, look to build on it. Uh, others receiving votes, uh, A&M was in that number as well. So looking forward to a great season for LSU baseball. They are loaded, and they'll open up their season uh, practice January 25th, and then they'll begin the season on February the 15th at home against uh, ULM. So, uh, as I mentioned, we started, and this will be the bulk of the podcast today, I'm sure, Jerry Sullivan announcing his retirement, so the first staff move of uh, this 2019 offseason uh, uh, has happened. Uh, Jerry Sullivan was on off the bench with Jordy Collada and T-Bob Bear and uh, shared a lot, including, um, in part, why he decided to, why he decided. It's, you know, it's time-consuming, and it, 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 and it encompasses your life, and I've done it for 45 years, and I still love it, and it's in my blood, and I'll never give it up, but I, uh, the 15-hour days get a little long. can certainly appreciate that for someone who's done it for half a century, but I'll go back to my point in the open. It's not an issue with Jerry Sullivan. It's an issue with the hire made a year ago. You know what the hours are. You know what the requirements are, and LSU basically punted on a year of advancing their offense to bring Jerry Sullivan on for a year. And uh, that that points back to Ed Ogeron, which is why he cannot screw up replacing Jerry Sullivan. Who who he brings in has got to be someone innovative who can handle the hours, who can recruit, who can bring something different to this LSU offense to modernize it to a point where it can compete against the Alabamas and the Texas A&Ms and the, other, and the Floridas and the Georgias and continue to maintain and that elite level. Uh, Jerry Sullivan did also give his thoughts on the offense as a whole in 2018 at LSU. As a coaching staff, we had some things we had to get squared away. We had a lot of young receivers. We lost Russell and, and uh, uh, Chark from the year before. And um, our line was wound up being a mix, uh, mix and match throughout the course of the year. I thought Jim Craig did a great job of kind of keeping it all together. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow wasn't even here until the summer. Yeah, crazy. And the continuity between the receivers and the, you know, you just don't plug that in. Uh, it's not a five-minute, it, it isn't a fantasy football five-minute, uh, you know, get on your phone and tap it in there. 
Uh, so, you know, the running backs were, you know, I don't think anybody thought Nick would have the kind of year he had, and he did. And, uh, you know, so the guys, there were a lot of different different avenues that they had to be taken taken care of. And, and there were times when we were we looked good, and there were times where we struggled. So. And one more here as Coach Sullivan was asked if he felt like LSU should adopt more spread concepts and if they should move in that direction. This is long form. It runs about a minute. Here's what Coach Sullivan had to say. It always sounds good to, to yeah. say, hey, we're going to spread them out. But, you know, there's some things. There's, you know, it, it depends on how good you can, I mean, how good your personnel are, and you still have to protect. You know, you still, you, you know, hey, it's great to get five guys out, you know, uh, but it's not a great play action game in the, in, in, in the spread game. And, you know, we like our running game was pretty efficient. And, you know, that's where you get a lot of your big plays is you play action game. So it just depends, you know, it depends on what, what the menu is for where you are and you know, what the philosophy is. So, uh, you know, again, you look at, like I say, you look at the teams, that, and, and I'm talking about the teams in the NFL because I, uh, that's my background to some degree. You look at the teams in there that are, that are throwing the ball well, they all have a decent running game. It didn't all spread out, so I mean, spread has some merit, but uh, it didn't all. It's not all about that. It's about your personnel, what you can do with your personnel, to see, and how how they fit in what in what you do. A lot of fans are are not going to like to hear that, um, and, and I don't think it's surprising that a coaching lifer who spent the bulk of his career in the NFL, who is accustomed to football being played a certain way. Uh, pushing back against the innovation in the game in 2019. And that in part underscores why LSU has to get younger with this hire. And I don't just mean go from a 74-year-old to a 29-year-old. I mean someone who is younger in the game, who understands what offensive football has become. Hell, John Harbaugh just sat his Super Bowl MVP quarterback for a rookie that runs RPOs that's going to use his legs. Sean Payton innovated his offense this year with what? With Taysom Hill. That has to be part of what you do in the not only in the NFL and college in football today. It's why they've got to advance with this hire and they've got to modernize. Here's hoping that Ed Ogeron will do it. Uh, one more from Jerry Sullivan, though. He did talk about what wide receivers he thinks might step up in 2019. Well, a guy that made some great strides the last couple of weeks that didn't get, a, didn't get much in the, in, in the bowl game, but is, a, I think, going to be a good player for us down the road is Terrence Marshall. Oh, yeah. Yes, he's, a, he's a great kid, and he's got, uh, got, he's got good flexibility about him. He's got the ability to be able to play inside or outside, and I thought he made some really good strides. And I, I'm excited for him next year being a guy stepping up on all right, again, if you want to listen to it uh, in its entirety, uh, Jordy Collada, T-Bob Bear interviewed Jerry Sullivan on Off the Bench. You can listen to that at 1045ESPN.com. Click On Demand, or however you're listening to this podcast. If you search 1045ESPN Baton Rouge, you'll see it right there. It is locked on LSU. Remember, you can listen to us on your smart speaker. Just tell your smart speaker, play podcast, locked on LSU. The, of course, the key there is play podcast. So tell your smart speaker, hey, Alexa, or hey, Google, whatever. Play podcast, Locked on LSU, and there we are every day. We appreciate you for being here. All right, we'll knock out our final little break here. We'll come back and we'll get to your live Q&A. Stick around. 
wrapping up another edition of Locked on LSU, your team every day. We appreciate you for being here. We'll get to your live Q&A on Facebook here shortly. Again, if you're new to the podcast, uh, go to my Facebook page, at Matt Moscona AFR, at Matt Moscona AFR. Like the page, set notifications, and uh, and uh, whenever uh, we pop up live here, usually we're a little later today, but usually in the 10 a.m. hour central time, jump aboard with us here, and we'll get to your questions on uh, on Locked on LSU. So, Oh, by the way, coming to your question shortly, one other quick note. Yesterday, the American Football Coaches Association, this had been Wednesday, unanimously supported a change to the targeting rule to implement targeting one and targeting two, which would be varying degrees. Uh, one would inc- have a penalty, and the, the second degree would include the potential ejection slash suspension. We've talked about it all year. It's desperately something that has to happen. Uh, it will go to a vote uh, provided – they make a proposal. It would not go to vote until October, which means it would not go in. The change would not go into play until the 2020 season. But this was unanimous approval from the um, from the American Football Coaches Association. So that's great news. I mean, the coaches unanimously support the change. Here's hoping that happens. Okay, let's get to your questions. As I anticipated, I, I guess a lot of them would be about Jerry Sullivan and who replaces him. So uh, let's get to it. Trivia says, who replaces Jerry? Um. My feeling on this is just look at Ed's history. He has been a uh, a friends and family guy. Uh, look at his staff. Dave Aranda was already at LSU. Um, Steve Ensminger was already at LSU, promoted him from within. Um, Corey Raymond was already at LSU. The high the uh, the hires he's made, uh, bringing in Tommy Robinson, somebody worked with at USC, bringing in James Craig, somebody worked with at USC. Uh, Jerry Sullivan was somebody he had a relationship with through Pete Jenkins. He brought in Pete Jenkins. The one guy outside of his circle that he brought in was Matt Canada, and that blew up in his face. So, you know, look at Ed's look at Ed's history. Uh, recently, of course, his time at at Southern Cal. A lot of people have asked about Steve Sarkeesian. I'm told that that's not a relationship that Ed and Steve, although they were on staff together, they don't really have that type of relationship. So, I would not expect it to be Steve Sarkeesian. Um, of course, Ed spent time with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, a season there, this off season, they went and worked with the Saints. Could someone on the Saints staff be a possibility? Could one of the analysts presently on the staff be promoted? Remember last off season, uh, Ed increased his analyst staff. Could one of them move into a full time role like Jerry Sullivan did? That's what I would look at. Not, not a big name, just because that's what Ed hasn't done. The one time he did it was with Matt Canada, and it blew up in his face. So, uh. Just a, a few a few avenues to keep an eye on. Let's see. Paul Batts, uh, there's a rumor that Dave Aranda is going to Tuscaloosa. Any legs to that? Um, I, I've not heard anything in that regard um, about Dave Aranda going to Alabama. I fully expect Dave Aranda to have interest every single offseason. And the number of places that could pay him are minimal. Alabama would be one of them. Um I don't know if Alabama would be a legitimate landing spot for Dave Aranda. My assumption is that uh, Dave Aranda will leave LSU to become a head coach or to go work in the NFL. Um, the The only thing that worries you about Dave is uh, – Dave leaving, I should say. he got a lot of pressure on him because the offense doesn't score uh, enough. And the flip side of it is uh, his family loves LSU. They love Baton Rouge. So 
if his family loves being here, and that that's the reason I've said this before, it's the reason he didn't take the A&M job a year ago. His wife and kids didn't want to leave. They'd moved a bunch. So as long as that's the reality, I expect him to stay. Uh, Justin Jones, is Sean Salisbury coming for sure? No, I, I don't think just Sean Salisbury is going to be a full-time assistant. I think Ed would be open to hiring him as an analyst, but not as an on-field role. It, it goes back to something I've talked about a ton. You've got 10 on-field assistants. You have got to nail those hires. You can't leave it to chance with a first-time assistant. You just can't do it. So you don't know if Sean can recruit. You don't know what he would be like working in your staff. He's never coached college. That's too big of a risk. Uh, Jason Tarver asked about Major Applewhite. Uh, the only tie that Major Applewhite has is that he's from Baton Rouge. Uh, he's never worked with Ed. They have no connection that I'm aware of. So for the reasons I just explained, Major Applewhite would not make sense, and I've not had one person close to LSU even mention that as a possibility to me. So I understand why there's that question. I would be very, very surprised if that were the hire. Um, let's see. Mark McCarter said, should be more respectable concerning Sullivan, saying we're, we aren't better off for having him. Uh, the rest of that comment's not showing up. Mark, I'll direct you back to the beginning of this podcast, but I flatly disagree. LSU's not better off. Uh, passing offense was 63rd. They were 88th in passing touchdowns. They didn't throw a passing touchdown the entire month of October. You're 65th in the country in quarterback rating. Uh, you're 85th in the country in completion percentage. LSU's passing offense was not good this year. It was very pedestrian. And the problem with it is not that Jerry Sullivan isn't a good coach. The problem with it is that he's not a modern coach, and he was only going to be here for one year. You funded a year of his retirement. That's the problem with this. It's not that Jerry Sullivan isn't a good coach or didn't have a great career. It's that it's not what you needed in this moment. You needed to modernize your offense and make yourself better, and instead you funded a man's retirement for a year, and that's a problem. And now you're right back today where you were a year ago with a crummy, mediocre offense trying to figure out how to become current. That's, that's the reality. A lot of people don't like me to say that, but that's the reality of the situation. Um, let's see. Uh, Paul Batts, Corey Raymond situation, any news? I, th- I just think Corey Raymond wants to get paid, man. I think, you know, I know that Jerry Sullivan was making more money than Corey Raymond. I mean, Corey Raymond has been basically the, the godfather of DBU, and Jerry Sullivan in his one-year stopgap was making more money. I think, I think if Ed can pony up more cash for Corey Raymond, I think he's fine here. Um. Justin asks, is Softshire and Leah locked down for LSU now that Bama has their 28? I would never say never until signing day comes, man. Um, you never know. So I I think they get Lee. I've, I think everyone's always all along thought that they get Lee. Softshire the, is the question. Um, and one more. Beside Derek Stingley, any other freshmen wowing the coaching staff? Well, they're not working with him yet. Uh, St- you know, Stingley was the only one that came through through bowl practice, so he's the only one who had that opportunity. But um, I uh, I would expect John Emery to play a role, and then I'm curious about anybody on the defensive line that might be able to come in uh, and play a role because it feels like there will be snaps to be had there on the uh, on the defensive line. All right, um, let's see, let's see. And any word on when Devin White will announce his plans? No. No word on when Devin White will announce his plans. Um, he's got to do it before Monday. That much we know. All right, that's going to do it for us. Locked on LSU, your team every day. Appreciate 
you for locking in here, participating on the Facebook Live, and uh, for those of you who listen every day, and I would just implore you, subscribe. Please hit the subscribe button to the podcast. Uh, as always, that's a gigantic help. So however you're listening to us, please subscribe. We appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow. Locked on LSU, your team every day.